everyone and welcome to today's episode of drive Through HR. I am your host for today's show, Robin Schooling, and uh, very much looking forward to our conversation today with our guest. And so without further ado, let me uh, welcome Aaron Backman to the show. Hey, Aaron. Hi, Robin. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So glad you could uh, swing through the drive through as we like to say. Um, and especially here, we're doing a little series um, specifically focused on on recruiting and talent acquisition. And uh, I, I know you've got some some great things to uh, to share with our audience. So really looking forward to our to our chat today. Uh, but before we kick off and dive into some conversation, let me give you a moment to. Um, to introduce yourself. This is this is that cliched interview question of tell us about yourself. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me, Robin. I'm happy to tell everyone a little bit about myself. So my name is Aaron Backman. I'm a people and talent leader, and I've been doing this for about 15 years now. I've worked with companies of every shape, size, and industry at this point. Uh, over the last 18 months or so, I have really been focused heavily in tech. I have been leading technical recruiting teams at a startup called Nihilus, and I was also with Microsoft working on a big uh, project with them. Before that, I was head of HR for a French software company, so I have, uh, you know, pretty pretty fun exposure over this interesting times during COVID. So, love to discuss, you know, what recruiting trends we're seeing um, in the in the place these days. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I always love, because that's my sort of career uh, as well over time, I, I I also did the recruiting, the HR, the recruiting, the HR, and, you know, I think getting that whole um, exposure, really, of end-to-end HR um, helps strengthen skills in recruiting, I, I certainly believe. So, um, absolutely. Well, um so here's our, this is our old school drive-through HR question um, that we're we're starting to resurrect a little bit now. It's kind of a, uh, the first uh, dip of the toe into the water, uh, which is what's keeping you up at night? Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, there are a couple of things for sure that are keeping me up at night these <laughs> days. Uh, first thing is really, these organizations are continuing to ignore their recruiting capacity when Mm. conducting strategic business planning. So often we are not really thinking about how much do we even have the, the guardrails to support growth on? Like what can we even with what we have today support? Because talent acquisition does have onboarding time. We do have ramp. We can't Mm -hmm. just, go out, find someone tomorrow and have them start and immediately be productive. We also have that ramp time. So we need to factor these things in when doing the the strategic planning. And also 
the really fast layoffs in talent acquisition. Uh, yeah. Like, like you said, Robin, I, the jumping around from HR to recruiting and HR recruiting, that's a very common story for a lot of us. And we have the ability to add value to the business and more than just bringing in headcount in a period of high growth. And it, companies are being a little short-sighted. Um, and it's yeah. it's keeping me up at night because it's it's really disrupting the market in a, a not super positive way. Yeah. Well, and, I, you know, I think we saw that. Um, well, when have we not seen it? Right. We've, mm-hmm. we've and I've been around enough to see the cycles up and down. And um, here here goes the recruiting team. And, you know, and and it's that short sighted um, aspect of it instead of saying organizationally saying, okay, we might be ramping down our hiring right this moment or for the next month or two or five or whatever. But mm-hmm. that's the perfect time then to keep those experts in place and and take that opportunity to dive into, you know, process optimization or let's look at our HR tech stack or now that we've got a little bit of a breathing room let's let's make everything better instead of um taking these in-house experts and 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 moving them on out um Mm -hmm. because we know it's going to cycle back up oh yeah it's just a matter of when yeah exactly yeah it's um it's a challenging time and and um you know i if anything we certainly know that you know, our, our, our friends, our peers, our colleagues, folks, we know, um, you know, are a resilient bunch. Um, and, um, and we'll come back, come back stronger than ever. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I really, I, I just hope to see more of that, that partnership at the, the, the higher levels so that they, we can be seen truly as the business partners that we are, cause it's, Nobody has a deeper experience uh, across areas of your business than your recruiting and HR teams. Yeah. It's, it's a little foolish to just cut them at the at the smallest sign of trouble. Right, right. Yeah, um, one day, <laughs> one day, mm-hmm. one more day. people will come to that realization. I think. Um, so, as you as you mentioned, um, you know, at the start of your intro, most recently here these last few years, you've, you've really taken a deep dive into tech recruiting um, and, and sort of that um, niche, if you will, in the market. Um, what, um, I guess, what have, what have been some of your greatest learnings, if you will, um, from going deep dive into tech? Mm. I think it's really given me Exposure to uh, just an area of business that we don't see a lot. Uh, In tech, you're going to see a lot more startups. You're going to see a different type of venture capital funding, uh, you know, in, in more in other types of industries, we definitely see private equity funding and things like that, but it's, it's a bit different than the growth at all costs model that we often see in tech. And it's a, it's a very feast or famine kind of place. Uh, So it's uh, very similar to our agency days. Um, And it's, really, you have to be very intentional. Um, mm-hmm. Everything in tech is, it has to be very intentional. It has to be uh, 
measurable, it has to be repeatable, and it has to be scalable. Uh, often these organizations, they double, triple, or more in, in headcount in a year or less. Right. And that is, uh, it's a challenging thing for any business to increase in, in headcount significantly. So it's, it's really, it shows you what's important and what isn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the, one of the, um, the comments that you've made in the past, which I think is an interesting point is we often say, you know, oh, you're doing, you know, Aaron or Bob or Susie or whoever is doing tech recruiting. But you've made the, the point that at the end of the day, every company is hiring tech workers or, hi- or looking for tech talent. So it's not just it's a tech company mm-hmm. that's that's doing tech recruiting. It's it's other companies, um, which, you know, intellectually, of course, we know. But I think it's an important sort of statement to stop and think about. Um how do you see that playing out um, with with the candidates? Um, I guess partly is what I'm interested in. Do candidates want to gravitate towards a air quotes here tech company um, or not? Uh, you know, is that a factor? Uh, I, I think it may be. Uh, we're going to see a lot more normalization, I think, across the different types of companies that more and more people are realizing not just actual software tech companies are out there developing some of the, the most cutting edge software that exists. They are not the only ones. They are not the only places that have the like crazy intelligent engineers. And then all of the hundreds or thousands of people that have to support them in that business and its operations. I remember having this discussion with leaders here in uh, with one of the companies I was working with in Seattle. And it's like, okay, we're not a tech company. Got it. We are a whatever services company. So, you know, we can't compete. It's like, okay, well, we to a certain degree have to because Boeing is still hiring accountants. And so is Microsoft and Amazon and, and Starbucks and all of these places. And it's like, whether you like the reality or not, you are competing with all of them for the exact same talent. Mm-hmm. We are competing with the mom and pop. We are competing with the tech giant. We are competing with literally everyone. Mm-hmm. So there are a number of ways to deal with that competition. And we have to figure out what are those trade-offs that we as an organization want to make? What's what's important to us? Mm-hmm. What do you um what do you think the um I mean there could be a million answers to this, I guess, but <laughs> you know, what do the what do the the big the big guys, right? The Microsofts, the Amazons, the whatever, right. whoever you think of when you think of, ooh, it's a tech company. Mm-hmm. Um what do those big shops do well? What do they not do as well? Um, when you're looking at, here's a candidate that, that I want to tell a story to come to my smaller shop or my traditional industry sort of company, but I need, but I have a, uh, I have a, a need for developers or whatever. 
Oh yeah. So the the question is, how do I like kind of sell that story yeah. to someone yeah. who may be choosing between the big tech and the and the smaller org? Yeah, this is super common. This is most of my career, and it's I I think you have to really hone in on what are that person's motivations. Yeah, why are they looking for a job? What you know, wakes them up in the morning, gets them going? I, really, these are the things that we want to understand. Like, is it that they want to spend more time with their kids, but still be intellectually challenged? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, mm -hmm. I understand that. I can tell you that this team absolutely does not work more than 40 hours. It's very common that we see people coming in later because they have to deal with the kids before school. And we like, there are so many aspects where if you focus on the totality of the person, you can really understand, okay, what do we have to actually offer them that interests them? Because mm -hmm. money never, <laughs> money like is never the, the ultimate thing. Like for a lot of people, it's not. Uh, mm -hmm. It's certainly having the ability to give more never hurts. Like it doesn't mm -hmm. make you lose. Um, but it is little details like that where people will go with the, the, the smaller organization or the purposeful organization or, yeah. you know, mission-driven organization uh, or nonprofit or whatever it may be over that because they have the ability to fulfill all of these other uh, needs mm -hmm. that the individual has. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like still do your best to keep up with the market. Uh, like right. let's not, not ignore that right. we all work for money and it, otherwise we would be volunteers. Uh, right. But, you know, there's, there's more than one way to satisfy someone's needs. Yeah. In, yeah. In the workplace, so. and, 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 you know, and I think that that is such the, that's so, um, you just do it, you, you just do it naturally, right? When you're a, when you're an experienced recruiter, when it's someone who's worked with talent for so many years, you, you get at what those sort of those motivational factors are or what's going to make them um happy i have no problem with saying happy <laughs> in mm -hmm. a in a career choice or or, or moving making a move or whatever um and i think recruiters do that so naturally and so well and it's often one of those things that does become overlooked then by the powers that be uh mm -hmm. when they start thinking about um, oh, well, we just we want to hit, you know, these higher numbers or whatever it may be, you know, get that fill rate in down, whatever the metrics are um, without taking a look at what an experienced recruiter or team of recruiters contribute, you know, how they contribute to that. Yeah, um, and it's one of those intangible, I think, kind of magic things um, when you have someone that has that has that ability and has that experience and can, can have those conversations with with candidates. Um, it's, um, it's something we need to take pride in, I think sometimes when, when we're involved in, in that part of, part of hiring. Yeah, really. absolutely. I think we should take more, more credit for our ability to mm -hmm. do that in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. it's a requisite skill to become an executive recruiter. You're not, mm -hmm you are really, you're not closing VP and executive level candidates if you don't have the ability to get yep. at their motivations and really understand yep. the person. Yep. Um, so it's, it's, it's a capability we all have. It's just, have you developed that muscle? Are you in the environment that allows that muscle to grow? 
Uh, yeah. You know, all of those other things where we know not all environments are created equal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, another another aspect of, of sort of that that hiring process, if you will, is um, making sure that your your candidates and that talent that you have found and identified mm. and offered the job to making sure that they stay engaged in that, in that sort of that period of time, which is so critical from offer acceptance to start date. Mm. Um, what are some things that over the years you have found work really well um, to, to make sure happen? Absolutely. Yeah. The, the dreaded valley between <laughs> the, the yeah. offer accept and the start date when you're going through all the, the pre-employment checks and what have you. So I personally have always done the high touch check-in model, yeah. varying frequency to just check in with your candidates. You know what should be happening. So mm -hmm. you reach out to your candidate you should have received a link or whatever for your background check. Did you get that? Mm -hmm. How are you doing? Mm -hmm. How are how are things? How did it go giving your notice? Like be personable, build a connection, build that rapport with them. Then in another couple of days, maybe follow up and say, hey, I was talking with the hiring manager. We should have equipment coming to you or it should be available, like yada, yada. We were thinking about what your onboarding plan looks like. Would, if you'd like, we can get you on the phone with your manager before you start to talk about X, Y, Z. Now, there's there's all sorts of things that you can do. I've personally, I choose the the personalized human approach, the the yep. one on one connection. That is obviously very difficult to scale. So yep. a number, uh, there's a number of companies we're seeing that are kind of popping up that help fulfill this engagement space between offer accept and, and the start date. So I've seen a lot of really interesting things come out, like uh, a gift card to go out to dinner at a restaurant that's in mm. your, your town that comes with your offer letter, just to say, mm. congratulations, whether you accept or not, here's, uh, you know, like a, an offer letter. And those things help as part of the engagement. And then yep. they, they have follow-up uh, campaigns uh, as a part of that uh, offer. I've seen like a, a lot of it's really sending stuff, whether it's yeah. swag or food or things like that to let them know they're, you're thinking about them, uh, calls, text messages, those types of things, mm -hmm. I think are what we're seeing a lot of. Mm -hmm. And I think the personalized swag boxes are being well received by our remote, yeah. our remote coworkers for sure. Yeah. And you can certainly see that, um, you know, LinkedIn can become sometimes a bit of a cesspool of, mm. uh, you know, foolish stuff posted. But the number of people that <laughs> that I do see, oh, yay, I just got my swag box from mm -hmm. Acme Corporation. Can't wait to start. You know, it does it does resonate with people. I, you know, I think um, I think another key in there and you, and you talked about facilitating that conversation if it hasn't already happened is making sure that that hiring manager is also uh, making that connection during, during that time. Um, because yeah, you know, when I'm in, I'm the recruiter or I'm in HR or whatever, and I'm, I'm, I've, I've been the, the buddy 
of this candidate, uh, now, you know, incoming new hire all the way along. But once they get here, um, their, their new buddy is, is their manager. And uh, mm-hmm. so I've always wanted to make sure that the, the hiring manager is staying in touch. And so I've worked at organizations where I've, uh, again, no budget. Couldn't couldn't send out swag boxes or oh yeah anything fun like that for sure. <laughs> Me but, either. Um, you know where I would say, hey, you know, Susie, manager, um, you know, remember, you know, Bob is starting in a week. You know, um, might be a good idea if you send him a little email or a text or, um, you know, hey, we're having an all staff meeting coming up next week. I know he won't be starting yet, but think about inv- you know in person stuff, right? Think about right. inviting him in to this team lunch or all staff or whatever. Oh, yeah. It be. Um, there was one company we were doing, um, uh, someone hadn't, they weren't going to, we offered to them in early, like the second week of December. And we, as a company took that time between Christmas and new year's off and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So the person didn't start until January, but yeah. they accepted in early December. We're a small company. So we do Christmas gifts for everyone. Uh-huh we made sure that they got one as well. And yep. I actually, I personally drove all of those out to everyone's houses because oh, it was in the, it. it was in the thick of COVID time. So it was like, well, I guess I'm just going to load up the car and <laughs> go do this myself. Uh, but, you know, and that's, uh, again, you know, we talk about that. That's depending on the company and sometimes mm-hmm. that stuff is hard to scale, but man, I, I always think there's a way you can be the most ginormous organization there's still a micro team, if you will. And, and again, there's that hiring manager um, or team lead or whatever um, to kind of kind of get involved in that. Um, and yeah, that I, it only takes one person to yep. give a personalized experience. And yep. the bigger you are, you cannot tell me that you can't find a couple of bucks in your budget somewhere right. to do something. Right. I, I just won't believe it. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so uh, another thing that you mentioned early, early in the, in the show here was um, obviously over time you have worked for um, and with, you know, global audiences and global candidate pools. And, and mm-hmm. you've seen these geographic differences that have uh, impacted hiring and impacted um, kind of this um, this candidate experience as well. What's, um, what are some challenges that you've encountered um, with, you know, within different geographies, within different countries? And, um, you know, what are some things that you've learned from that? Some things mm. you've been paying attention to lately, I guess. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you have to be sensitive to the culture that you're working Mm -hmm. with, their customs, their norms. I, I, for example, working with a French company, I didn't know anything about hiring in France. I, where do you post jobs? Where do you (laughs) look for jobs? What is the culture around job searching there? Are you still Mm -hmm. like, do you do newspaper? Like I presume Mm -hmm. that you've modernized to a certain degree, but is indeed where you're going for your job? Like all of these, these things, what is a norm for you? Do you prefer to discuss after work about new recruitment? Uh, These are, these are nuances that they can make 
your recruiting process difficult if you don't think about them in advance. Right. Like right. time zone alignment. Are you going to have your West Coast recruiter trying to recruit someone who is in Europe? That may not be the smartest choice because of the eight hour difference. Or it may be a wonderful choice because you're targeting developers or whoever Mm -hmm. in Poland. And they specifically as a culture or a custom tend to prefer discussing new roles in the evening after work. So it actually benefits you to align in that way. But these are things, if you don't think about the culture, if you don't think Mm -hmm. about the customs, if you don't ask anybody, Mm -hmm. you may significantly handicap yourself and your success. Another thing, like I, I, there's, I've noticed, there's still this like prevailing belief that everywhere outside of the United States is dirt cheap and (laughs) everyone is in infinitely affordable in comparison. Um, but that's not really the case. And if you're like an American company and you're trying to engage someone in business overseas, yeah, I, I presume you can expect it to be more affordable than that equivalent labor in the United States, Mm -hmm. but it's also not going to be like a, a spending $1 and getting $10 worth kind of ratio here anymore. Right. So like I've found a lot of people expecting to be able to get developers out of Ukraine for $10 US an hour. And it's just yeah. like, no, that developer <laughs> wants to get paid what a US developer gets paid per uh-huh. hour because their value is pretty much the same regardless of where on the planet it's generated. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is, it is a challenge that we encounter. Um certainly is the the compensation and the the cultural differences talent availability is another really big thing that i Mm. think like if you this was something that we encountered at microsoft you know we're hiring a lot in costa rica okay who else is in costa rica who is there to take talent from and we we have this expectation of their skills and experience but i need us to think do people actually use that technology or that version or whatever in Uh that part of the world? Uh Is it even a thing there? It may not be because that was a problem in, in, in Costa Rica specifically. It was like, there's nobody with this particular experience. I'm sorry. We Microsoft was not a big presence here. So people just don't know the Microsoft stack of technologies and there's mm-hmm. nothing I can do about that. Mm-hmm. They do not exist. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, I think that that's a really interesting point, um, which kind of gets us to um, kind of our uh, question I'd like to wrap up with. Um, and, and the point is what you're speaking to so much is the need to, um, you know, stay informed, stay educated, be the subject matter expert on all of these sorts of things that you bring, not just as you're thinking and planning your your recruiting strategy um, and kind of your workforce planning, but to be able to take those things to your hiring managers or your leaders and say, here's the reality, here's the market, here's talent availability, whatever, um, which I think is so is so key and is such a key role for folks in NTA, in HR to educate internally as well. Um, but speaking of education, you know, you're a, a, 
you know, a, an experienced recruiter, an experienced recruiting leader, um, what are what are some, you know, three quick top tips for someone who is just starting out in recruiting? How can they build a successful career? Mm. So first, when you are learning how to recruit, I think it is absolutely essential to always ask why when you're learning the what. Mm. This is going to help you define your own authentic approach. You're going to really get a full holistic understanding of this, this problem area we work in. And it helps you understand things about like, okay, so you ask this candidate X question. Why do you ask them that? What are you trying uh -huh. to get out of that? Uh -huh. It helps you develop those muscles so that you can ask better questions yourself later. So uh -huh. it, it really, it's, it's going to only benefit you. Another thing, give a F, a, give a damn about your business partner and their work. So uh -huh. if you are a GNA recruiter assigned to accounting, you should give a damn a little bit about understanding how accounting works. Yeah. yeah. I guarantee you putting the smallest amount of effort into understanding your hiring manager's job and what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. And like in a way where you don't have to talk to them like another accountant, but be able to speak in their language to a certain degree that's mm -hmm. going to only benefit you and being able mm -hmm. to establish positive relationships, not only with your hiring manager, but with your candidates. So yep. do whatever you can to learn about them and their work. Mm -hmm. And last, I would say, remember you're dealing with humans. Mm -hmm. Treat people with dignity, uh, job searching and uh, hunting for a job, being unemployed. It's difficult. It's depressing. It can be invalidating and it can, it's really, it's, it's among people's most vulnerable moments in their lifetimes. Yeah. So you have the ability to leave that person better than you found them or worse. And it is 100% your choice yeah. on that. So when you treat them like a human, you are more likely to leave them better than you found them. And, yep. and that's my, my suggestion for folks. Yep. Oh, I love that. I love that. And that's, uh, that's, uh, that's a great listen, uh, a great lesson really for anyone working, working with people, <laughs> I guess, mm -hmm. whether we're in TA or HR, right? Um, well, this has been a, um, Ooh, quick. We covered a lot of territory, Aaron. What a, what a great conversation. Um, before we uh, log off of today's show, um, why don't you share with our listeners where they can connect with you, find you online, channels, etc. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes. So the audience can find me on LinkedIn, of course, Aaron Backman, A-A-R-O-N-B-A-C-K-M-A-N. I think I'm one of only a few there. Uh, <laughs> certainly in talent acquisition, you'll find me wearing some bright colored glasses. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. My handle is A-Y-Y-J-A-Y-H-R. So A-J-H-R. And uh, last, certainly not least, my website, AaronBachman.com. It should be updated with some new stuff here shortly. Fantastic. Well, Thank you so much for uh, joining us on Drive Through HR and and kicking off um, our series um, 
on inside recruiting and some great information and hope that all of our listeners connect with Aaron. And thanks everybody for listening. Uh, have a great day.